maybe you can tell me a little bit about yourself, what, like what it is that you do and how you got into it and, and how you help people, your clients and all of that. Yeah. So I started my podcast back in March of 2020. So during the, um, or March of 2021, I'm like, what year is it? <laughs> Every, it just feels like a total blur. Um, March of 2021. So all of 2020, I mean, I was home and I was working from home with my boyfriend. We were going through buying a house together. We were going through such an exciting time in our life but I was suffering so badly mentally. Like I was just having these severe anxiety attacks with everything going on. And I wasn't able to be present or appreciate everything in life and just find that happiness anymore. And so I myself went on my own journey during that time where I went through therapy for the first time. I started doing a lot of self-love practices more throughout the day, like things that I've just never, ever done. And it really was something I committed to myself. And I always tell people like this past year, I was very selfish and I'm not afraid to say that. I think it was good that I finally took time for myself and decided to acknowledge these things, you know? And so after going through that journey and seeing how much I could improve and make a change in my life, I was like, I got to help people because I know there's other people this past year who are struggling with their mental health, who are feeling alone, feeling like you know, there's so many people out there who have gone through so much worse. Do I really have anything to complain about? And there's so many people just left in the dark right now with their mental health issues. And so I was ready to be the voice. I wanted to create a podcast where I could talk about the struggles that I went through so that hopefully I could help somebody else who was going through kind of the same thing and also not be the expert, right? Just be the person going through it with them, a friend, somebody who they can relate to. And then it was so crazy after I started the podcast, like so many listeners were reaching out asking for advice on their relationships, uh, mental health, mindset, things like that. And I thought, oh my gosh, like I need to be more ready and available. I want to start working one-on-one with these people and have them be my clients where we can really get down to like what we need to change in their life to get them to where they need to be. And so I became a mindset coach and been through that. This is such a long answer <laughs> for you, but... But um, I, I also w- became so passionate about fitness during this journey to work out my mental health. So I became a um, group fitness trainer and I'm becoming a certified personal trainer. So I'm just like trying to get all the resources to help everyone. So to answer your question, it's full coaching now where it's mindset, um, body, nutrition, everything so that people have every resource and tool they need to get to that happier and healthier place that they're trying to get to. Mm, okay. Yeah. So I see where you're coming from. It's like you went through, just like many other people, I think, get into this kind of industries. They go through the actual challenges themselves first. And it's such an eye-opening, enlighten, enlightening experience that they're like, oh my God, if only other people knew about this. Like if only other people knew how to do this or be this or think like this. And, 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 and I relate to that a lot because I'm a zealot. So by nature, whenever I learn something that's helpful to me, I always just want to run out there and tell everybody about it. And like, hey, have you heard about this new body hack or have you heard about this new thing? Uh, and, and, I've, and, and I've kind of like, I, I really appreciate that because we need more people to, I think we need more people to share their experiences, you know, and, and you can see this whole flurry of, um, emerging professionals that are in in the mindset you know kind of industry or the mental health industry whatever you want to kind of call it 
um, that weren't there before just because of what happened during COVID. I mean, how, 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 how impactful was it for you? Like, what were the takeaways that you got? Uh, how much has your life changed since you were, um, you know, put on this path, let's say? Yeah, you know, I, I don't know why this is the first thought that comes to mind, but there were so many hard lessons that I had to learn when I was going through this period of reflection through therapy and through self-love where I think for so long I was going through the motions of the same friend groups, the same job, the same routine. And then once I really got down to, okay, who do I want to be and what do I want my life to be? I unfortunately realized that I was surrounded by a lot of toxic, negative people. My career wasn't really serving me in the way that I thought it was. And so it made me take a look at my life and go, wait a minute, you want to have this life, nothing you're currently doing right now and nothing that's surrounding you is supporting that. So how do you expect yourself to get there? And so I think for me, I really had to take a step back and realize that a lot of things had to be removed from my life, unfortunately. But you have to go through, I think, those struggles and that decluttering, if you will, right, to get to the better place. And so now I finally feel like, and and I hate to be morbid with it, but it's like if I were to die tomorrow, I finally feel like I have an impact and I'm doing something where like I'm helping people in the world and I'm not just this blurb that's (laughs) filling space. And that's kind of what it felt like before. And so now I just feel like it's finally living life through purpose. And it brings me more joy. It makes me feel better about what I'm doing every day. It gets me excited. It makes me feel like the work I'm doing is meaningful. And I don't think I really had that before going through this journey. Mm, Yes. And like you said, I think if you don't experience what it's like, or if the, if you're if you're living life day to day, just kind of getting by, like most people do, I would say, right? I mean, it is really most people that live on a on a day to day, month to month basis. You kind of like get drawn into routes and paths and places that you didn't initially think you were going to be in, and you didn't want to be in, and you just kind of. It's cozy to a certain degree. It's like a bubble. It's like comfort. Okay, you know what's going to happen. You know what to expect. And so, fine. But I think it requires a certain level of disruption, like you said, to break that pattern and give that perspective. Essentially, I think what we're talking about here is perspective. How do people get perspective? And before the pandemic, you know, I think inherently getting perspective especially the kind of perspective that you would need to start thinking differently about really important foundational uh, life situation is not comfortable. It isn't a comfortable uh, process, you know, breaking that bubble or popping that bubble, which is what happened to me is it depending on how, uh, how controlling you are of your environment and how uh, closed-minded or open-minded you are, however you want to say it, I think it really will be like the, 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 the medicine is, is, is equal to the poison, right? It's like the same if – you're, if you're incredibly toxic, if you're in an incredibly uh, you know, um, undesirable position in life and you're not happy – I think the cure is going to feel pretty terrible, right? Because you're going to need to change a lot to be able to get to where you want to be. Um, but, but you know, having said all of that, this is where the mindset coaching comes in, right? What, what is mindset coaching? Give me a run through of that. 
Yeah, it's it's so funny because when I first started mindset coaching, my boyfriend, my family, my friends were like, wait, people are going to hire you to do what? Like, I don't understand what is a mindset coach, you know? It's such a new term. Like people, like you said before, it just really started coming out, I feel like, this past year when there was different people wanting to support others going through mental health struggles. So really what it is, is it's going through with somebody, they will tell me exactly, you know, what their goals are, where they want to be, but what are the current obstacles and struggles that are preventing them or those roadblocks that are limiting them from getting to their full potential. And really, if I had to say the biggest part of mindset coaching is that we're asking the client questions that the client isn't asking themselves. So it's forcing some things that maybe subconsciously, right, are being pushed back in the back of our brain that we're not able to get to. But a question or a series of questions that your mindset coach asks asks of you brings those answers forward, right? And it helps you to get to what it is that you need to be doing. Because I think what too many people do is that they sit there in the comfort of what they've been doing all the time. They know they want to change. How do I do that? It seems really scary. It's safer for me to sit here. And our brain does that to us, right? It's protecting us. It's keeping us safe in our comfort zone. So there's so much work to push yourself outside of the comfort zone, but also know how to push outside of the comfort zone, right? So I think it's really just giving those answers. And also when that negativity, that imposter syndrome, those self-doubts start to creep in, the right tips and tricks to get through them to where they don't hinder your growth and they don't stop you from getting to where you want to be. Mm, Okay. Yeah. And uh, I'm actually thinking of, well, what, what are most people's goals when they come to you? Like, do they come to you and they say, I want to, I want to have a life like this. I want to be like this. Like, what does it look like when you first encounter a new client? Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I have clients that have come to me from all different ages and points in their life, but they all are coming from the same place of something is lacking and I don't know what it is. I don't know what's missing in my life. You know, I've worked with young people straight out of college who just are not happy in their career. They know they need to make a career change, but they have no idea where they're meant to be. And then I've worked with people who they just became moms and, you know, they're, they're that's a whole new identity. And they feel like maybe they've lost themselves now having children and they don't know where they want to go with their life. But all of them, what they have in common is that there's just something that's lacking. There's something that's not fueling that fire in their soul that's exciting them. And they feel like they've just identified as the busy bee at work, the hardworking mom, you know, all of these different titles, but they, they don't have a title for themselves, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And okay, so let's say, because I'm trying to kind of cl- clarify the journey that someone would go through when it comes to any kind of mindset coaching, right? I mean, where they begin and where they end and what the journey looks like. And uh, what are the usual challenges that people face in order to move from, let's say, where they are now to where they want to be, their ideal version of their self and their life and their experience? Like, what are the major things, the stumbling blocks that people experience? I think one of the, one of the biggest ones that I see is that we know we need to make time for a change or make time to take this next step in, in whatever it is. If it's the new career, the time for yourself or more time with family, there's there's time that we need to find well, where are we finding it? And there's so much discipline and motivation that you have to take to get there. But also it's really not that hard. Like I think if we all think about it, you can sit on your phone in the morning and be on Instagram for 30 minutes, right? Did you have to scroll through Instagram for 30 minutes or could you have taken time to meditate, go for a walk? Like 
why are we choosing things that aren't serving us, right? We make the choice every day of what's, what's going to affect us. So why not make the choice of the things that we want in our life? And so I think so many people, they're lacking that discipline to find the time. So it's really structuring out, okay, what are the steps that we can do to get there? And also, I think so many people think, I always compare it to running a marathon. Like people know they want to run a marathon, right? And that is like the end goal, but that's all that's on their mind. And so they're not thinking of every small step they have to do to get there to be the marathon runner. And so they give up. They don't know where to start. They stop. So it's introducing the small steps that we have to be so proud of and excited to do, but also finding the time for them, right? So it's getting those steps, but knowing how we're going to start putting it into our everyday life. Mm, I think you touched on some really juicy topics there because, you know, there's a lot to this, isn't there? It's, you say it's simple and I agree with you. I do, but it's not easy. It's so, so hard <laughs> emotionally, psychologically, socially as well. I mean, come on, let's think about this. So if you're going to make massive adjustments to your life experience, we are social animals. And a lot of the experience that we have comes from the people we spend the most time with. Now, a lot of us have uh, great friends, and a lot of us have not so good friends. Maybe some of us have great family. Maybe others have not so great family. And one of the first things that I've uh, witnessed in my own journey down this road to being the best version of myself, let's just call it that, right, um, is to make sure that I surround myself with the right people. And that's meant getting, you know, getting enough courage to say, okay, I'm going to have to curtail or spend less time with this person, or I'm going to have to just completely remove that person from my life for now, at least while I deal with a lot of stuff that's going on. Or, you know, I've, I've heard of people, luckily I'm not in this situation, but I've learned of people and I've had friends who literally just walked away from their family, you know, not, not forever maybe, but at least in, indefinitely because that experience, Experience and that environment was so it was damaging and troubling and, and it was not letting them have that space to get ahead so uh i think if, you know this is really just to outline how much you may need to actually consider as a uh, as a potential change in your life to actually get to where you want to be emotionally uh, psychologically, physically, all of those things. Right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting because there's so many different levels you can go into when it comes to the relationships in your life. Like there are the people that you may have to just cut out completely, right? There just could be those toxic people where it's really hurting you and your growth. But there could be that group. And I mean, this is my situation. Like I have a great group of girlfriends. They will be my best friends for life. I love them to death. They're awesome friends. Are they the friends though that I need in this journey that I'm going on? No. And that doesn't make them bad friends. It doesn't make them bad people, but they're not going to help me when it comes to mindset, manifestation, anxiety, and different things I'm going through, that's a different tribe. That's a different group of people I had to go to. So, you know, and that's why things like Clubhouse and social media can be so beneficial as you could find those tribes and those communities to turn to for that new step that you want to take in your journey. Um, the other piece I wanted to bring up because I, you know, know that there's a lot of people where family, it feels like, okay, I can't just completely cut them loose, but they're definitely not helping me on my journey that's where boundaries are 
key. Like it is so important to set boundaries and know exactly how to be in those relationships and how much you're going to give. So that's not completely, you know, depleting and taking everything out of you. Does that like, okay, just to talk on the subject of boundaries for a while, does that like basically involve communication, right? Would you say that that's the major role of, of communication in setting boundaries? Is it, uh, I mean, you know, cause when I didn't have a great relationship with my father, I didn't feel like I could actually do anything about it. But the moment I opened my mouth and started ex, um, exploring my feelings with him, it was really hard to do that, but changed everything. I mean, the first feedback that I got from him was like, are oh, you being ridiculous? Oh, this is just a non-issue. Oh, you're being weak. Oh, you're being right. Because that's the kind of, you know, father that he was very strict, very Asian. <laughs> and, um, you know, Asian, Asian parenting is pretty strict is what I'm saying. So when I started to communicate with him and tell him how I felt, I feel like I kind of gently pushed through this invisible barrier that was separating our emotions and our communication and our connection. And as soon as I got through, everything changed. Like now I have a great relationship with my father, but I think people feel a little concerned about, you know, being vulnerable with the people who've maybe they felt hurt by at times, you know, not understood or judged. How would you go about helping someone to get in that, in that place? Well, the worst thing that all of us do, myself included, is we create the outcome before we've even had the conversation, right? We sit there and we have the fake conversation in our head. We know what their response is. We know how they're going to react. They're angry. They're throwing things or they're crying or whatever. We, we've created the worst case scenario in our brain. So that stops a lot of people from having these vulnerable conversations because they're convinced of the outcome that they've created in their head. But Really, you you have to kind of give this person a, a bit more of a chance than you are in your head. You know what I mean? They're not a mind reader. They have no idea how you're feeling or what you're going through. And so it's important that we express what it is that we're going through to that person to give them the chance to prove themselves of how exactly you know they feel in the relationship and how much they're willing to help us in our journey. So you have to, I think, have that conversation, not only to to give them a chance, but also to tell yourself like, I did everything on my end. You know, there's nothing left for me to do. I didn't leave that person in the dark. There was no secrets. I gave them all of the tools and honesty that they needed. And if they wanted to continue the, the relationship, then it was on their responsibility. But I think we just need to stop creating the, the outcomes in our heads because that really does stop us. It's from like a defense mechanism, right? It's like, yeah. it's like, I know how this is gonna end and it's not gonna feel good, so I'm gonna avoid it. But, but, but remember, they have our, their judgments of us too. And, and their judgments are based on how we've always acted with them. So once we break that pattern, they can start to question, you know, and change the way that they interact with us. And I, I feel like, yeah, that was, that, that, that was a huge thing for me. And, 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 and so, you know, on the, on the subject of relationships and the ones that are closest to you and how do you deal with that? I think that this was a really good kind of nugget of wisdom that, you know, we've kind of brought to the surface here. You just, you just got to show someone, you know, that you mean well, that you want things to work out and that you're willing to make the effort. And I think that's enough. Like you said, that's, that's all you can do. And if that doesn't work out, then you did your part. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, one of my favorite quotes is what you resist persists. And it's something that a lot of people say when it comes to anxiety, but I think it also plays into what we're talking about with relationships here. You know, you resist it, you let it sit inside of you, it festers and brews and boils until all of a sudden, boom, the explosion where you freak out on this person or you put your hands up in the air and say, I'm done. Right. And we let it brew for so long and it's persisting to where it gets like so negative and toxic. So we don't want to get to that point, right? We don't want to get to a point where we're feeling bad or we hurt that person when we could have saved the relationship. So yeah, I think it's so important to have this conversation. Mm. These are very emotional subjects and they do bring about, you know, things like anxiety, anxiety attacks, panic attacks. How have you dealt with anxiety? Even if it's not for yourself, how have you helped people deal with anxiety? What what kind of things do you implement or uh, recommend? Yeah. So um, I was having severe anxiety attacks during the pandemic. And for anybody who has not had an anxiety attack before, it is literally the worst thing that I've ever experienced. Like if I could throw it up out of my body or have a surgery to remove this, like I totally would. Like it, it sucks, you know, and some of the physical results can be so intense. And I don't think a lot of people know about it. Like I will be violently shaking and unable to control it. Like heart palpitations, like crazy, like unable to breathe and just sweating profusely. I mean, it's, it's such a physical thing that takes over the entire body. It's so intense. And I was having them every day during the pandemic. It was terrible, but I ignored it for so long because I'd never dealt with this before. And then finally through therapy and through some practices that I learned, I was able to get through it. And I'm happy to say I haven't had an anxiety attack since I don't, I don't even know months. Like it's, it's been a long time, but because I'm, I'm very strict to taking care of my mental health now. So I was pretty adamant. I mean, nothing against going on medication at all, if that's on your journey for sure. But for me, I wanted to make sure I tried an all-natural solution before I got to that point just to know, okay, if I do have to go on medication, at least I tried every option mm. you know, that there was before that. Um, so, so you chose I, to li- – you, you, you consciously chose to go down a natural, non-medicated path first to see if this was something you could kick or deal with without bringing in pharmaceuticals. Yeah, because the first therapist I went to, I switched therapists, but the first one I went to, she offered it immediately, asked if I'd be wanting to go on to anxiety medication. And I was like, well, well, no, like, I mean, do I have to be like, can't we see if this is just, I don't know if this is a phase. I don't know if it's a lifelong thing. Like I've never gone through this before, you know? And then even my, my second therapist who I switched to had offered it as well. And I asked if we could please do an all natural approach just because I wanted to make sure, like you said, and luckily she was able to to help me find that all natural approach. So um, there's a couple of different things that I did. I mean, meditation and journaling have been huge, like breath work and really taking time to like eliminate that anxiety and stress that's sitting with me has been super, super helpful. But I also use supplements that are all natural plant-based solutions to help just kind of give my body some of the things that's lacking. Um, if anybody, you know, is curious, like B complex is just a great natural supplement that anybody can use to help them with, um, their anxiety or magnesium glycinate. That's also a really good, um, all natural supplement that people can use, but these are solutions that I take them every day. I do my mental work, like the mindset, um, meditation and journaling, and it, it, it's really helped me a lot. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's such a lazy way of medicine, I think, when someone comes to see you and the first course of action is literally, okay, take these drugs. I feel personally, I mean, okay, my father's a pharmacist, my brother's a pharmacist by trade. I, you know, they're not practicing anymore, but I feel like at least I can talk about it to a certain degree. And I studied natural health in university. And so it's kind of like two, I see these, I see these problems from two perspectives. I do understand that pharmaceuticals can help. But I do also believe personally, and I've had a lot of um, feedback from doctors and studies and reports that, you know, we overprescribe and it leads to problems in society. People who have chronic issues that are now hooked on drugs. And I don't know what your opinion is on that, but do you feel like there's a lot of, uh, you know, just everyday people who have unfortunately, you know, gotten used to taking these forms of dealing with anxiety and are completely oblivious to the fact that, you know, perhaps this is not something that even needs to be suppressed or kind of like medicated. And really the solution is going within, figuring out what it is that's causing this and, 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 you know, confronting it, right. You know, not, not necessarily in an aggressive way, because confrontation has a connotation that there's going to be some kind of violent uh, situation where, you know, you're fighting with something. But what I mean is, you know, like you said, if you don't ever um, open your mind to or, you know, put yourself in a position where you're actually facing what it is that you're, you're having challenges with, you're, you're always going to be plagued by them. And it's probably going to get worse. Yeah. You know, it's, it's such a, a slippery slope with this. And I've talked to so many people because there's so many sides of it. Like, you know, I think especially somebody that went through it, like it really bothered me that immediately as somebody who's never dealt with this before, first day going into therapy that's offered, like, I just feel like we should try everything else before we get to that point. And it was just very off-putting. And, you know, I've spoken to people who unfortunately have been misdiagnosed as well. And they thought they needed these medications for so long, but because they didn't do these other practices to help identify it, right. They were, they were forced to be put on these, these medications. They maybe didn't have to. And unfortunately what happens for a lot of people when they start to go on medication is eventually other issues come up. You get another medication to help with the um, side effects of that first medication you started, then another medication to help with those side effects and boom, 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 boom. And all of a sudden you are on this grocery list of medications that possibly could have been avoided had you been told of an all natural approach right from the start. And I've spoken to so many people about this because it's just so unfortunate how many people have been misdiagnosed. I mean, anxiety, I forget which one, and I'm sorry, I'm definitely going to mess this up. If ADD or ADHD, one of them, it's like the most common misdiagnosis when it comes to anxiety. And so there's just like because little- it's so vague, I mm -hmm. think, because it's, it's so vague, right? There's, so, there's a, such a blurry line between what ADHD is and what a, some, maybe something like something else is. And, and I feel like, you know, um, I don't want to demonize the pharmaceutical or medical industry, but it's not done a historically good job of showing us that we can trust it to make the right choices and the right decisions for our health. I mean, it's a very lucrative industry. I'm, my father knows it, my brother knows it, and they admit it. They admit that, you know, it's probably overprescribed and there's probably a lot of conditions that exist that maybe are just fancy names for things that are all about 
you know, let's do something about our physical health or our mental health. Let's, let's look into it. Well, and that's, that's the craziest thing is like so many times when people go to doctors with these issues, rarely is the first thing offered. Have you tried exercising? Have you tried changing your diet? It's immediately going to the medication. I just feel like there's so many shifts we can be taking in our life to help us before we have to do that. And again, like I said earlier, like if you have to go on medication, that's part of your journey, that's fine. But you definitely should be trying, I think, other options before having to get to that point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we both agree that there's a lot that can be done there. And it's probably not something you're going to witness in mainstream. You know, there's not going to be a uh, a, a new special about, you know, <laughs> living a healthier lifestyle, most likely, right? So it's going to be down to people like you and me uh, and, 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 and any of the great teachers that we've seen on social media that are really pushing for more holistic health to start shifting the, and it has started shifting, I think, you know, we see that with a lot of the indie mar- uh, brands emerging over the last decade, where you know coffee or um certain types of food uh and and even now i think even now there's a lot of investment in things like you know mental health in corporations uh, as a program for people to actually you know experience at least on a regular basis now um so yeah it's promising it's a promising move in the right direction we've, we've just seen too many people succumb to overdoses and you know i mean most of the time it's celebrities we hear about heath ledger or um any of the others that you know we've seen but it's it's just the tip of the iceberg i mean this happens to a lot of people you you don't know about overdose or just get uh you know dr jordan peterson recently talked about how he had to be weaned like when he was weaned off of and i can't remember what medication it was basically it was uh some kind of antidepressant medication he it's the one where you can die if you get weaned off of it, right? You're so hooked on it, you know, systemically that it's it's going to mess with it. And it really did. And he almost died. He had to go to uh, Ukraine and Russia and get all of these different types of treatment um, and luckily was able to survive. But that that's scary stuff. And I, and I hope that no one ever finds themselves in that situation. Um, I'm just a big believer in... Personal power. I'm a big believer in taking control and, you know, making your own future. And I think, yeah, you're right. There's situations where people might need this kind of help. But I think overall, in general, I think we're, 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 really, we're really in need of just a lot more personal power. So, but you talked about, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, I, I cannot agree more with you. I think that we're constantly looking to everybody else for the answers. You go to the doctor, you go to the blog, you go to the social media page, you go to your friend, you go to whoever, right? You're looking for answers from everybody else. And you're not really taking any time to look within, like you said, that self, you know, empowerment that you can be finding and and seeing what it is that you need. I think that that's so important. Mm, That's why I really liked my own personal time in COVID I couldn't do anything else. I I was single. I couldn't date. I couldn't see my friends. And it was like, well, well, what, well, what do I do? And so I just ended up, well, thinking, okay, I'm going to have to spend this time in a productive way rather than drink myself to death. So I stopped drinking. Um, I started meditating. I started to mm, confront the thoughts and the emotions that I'd been 
had you know been surfacing now i could feel them it was uncomfortable to be alone all of a sudden i was like why does my chest feel heavy right that's the anxiety and the negative energy starting to show up again and oh my it was it's just great to be able to imagine what would happen if we you know uh if if we were back in the day in a tribe and we and we didn't have social media and we had to literally make the best friends and family out of the people around us and what kind of person i sometimes think about this what kind of person would i be would i be more grounded would i be more confident would i have uh, a clearer mind would i be able to make better decisions and i think the answer is probably 99% yes although you know i might not <laughs> might not be so fun to hang around with but uh, I, I ask these kinds of questions all the time. I was going to ask you, you talked about discipline earlier. Discipline is one of the topics I wanted to talk to you about. And I wanted to kind of ask you how you feel about di- discipline, given that it's one of those things that gets an, it gets a bad rap in many, in many cases, right? We learn the word in school when we're supposed to do our homework and we're supposed to do things we don't want to do and don't like. What do you feel is important in someone's journey from going from where they are now to where they want to be? How does discipline fall into that? And where does passion fall into that too? Like what's the difference to you? Well, when it comes to discipline, I really think of, you know, the word motivation, which a lot of people don't like that word either. People think it's like this made up word that everyone's searching for motivation. Where the heck is it? (laughs) You know? And I get that. And I think for discipline and motivation, there's one thing that you need to find to be able to get that. And that's your why. Why do you want to be at that point that you want to be in your life? You know, I have this, this guide that I put together. It's the five ways to stay motivated in your exercise routine. Because so many people, they yo-yo diet, yo-yo workout, you know, going up and down, doing it, not doing whatever. And it starts with number one is finding your why. Okay, you want to work out every day. That's not your why. What's your why? I Okay, I want to be healthier. Well, why do you want to be healthier? What is the why? And if the why then eventually comes down to, because I want to be here longer for my children, for my family. And I, I want to be able to participate in the activities and the family events that we have. Like That's your why. That's that presentness. And that's that relationship that you're doing this for. And so once you find that, you can start to surround yourself with different motivators and there's different tri- tips and tricks, but it's all going to come back to that why. Because on the days that you want to give up, the days that you don't feel like getting out of bed and doing the things that you want to do, you've got to come back to that why. That's that's the reason that you show up for yourself every day. Mm. Would you say that the more clear you are with your why, the less discipline you need and the more passion you get for what you do? Or I- Well, I think the more you find out your why, the more disciplined you are. I think the discipline actually will go up because I think that when you know exactly what it is that you want and you're more focused on your why. Because I think too many people, they they stop at that surface level. Like, I want to lose weight. I want to be healthy. I want to fit into that outfit. You know, I want to wear a bikini. Like, that's so surface level. You've got to go deeper into what that is going to give for you, right? How is that going to help you in your life? And once you find that, you're so much more disciplined because you don't want to let that thing down, right? It's something that you want to achieve so badly. And I think that passion comes from, 
I believe that once you've found what it is that you want to be doing and your why and you're dedicated, there's a passion for it that comes out of it that eventually blossoms and it grows because I don't think people start being passionate about working out, right? The first day they're tying their shoes, they're getting onto that first piece of gym equipment thinking, what am I doing? But the passion grows, right? And you become passionate about it because of all the things that it's given you and how much it's helped you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I can chime in on that. I mean, I, I've worked out for most of my life. And I think the reason why a lot of people start working out is not because they want to be healthier or fitter. It's because they want to look better and feel better about themselves psychologically and emotionally. And I think that's an okay thing to want. And I still have that need. And that's one of the main reasons why I go to the gym even today. And I think, but the cool thing is that with so this is why, okay, I listened to a, a Russell Brand podcast some time ago, and he was, he was talking about how he had a guest on, and he was talking about how, you know, he was aware that he had a huge ego, right? And the guest said, yeah, but the ego is a good thing. It's a good thing for you because without the ego, you wouldn't be where you are today. You wouldn't have learned all of these things, and you wouldn't have had these insights and had that journey. And I think... I think we 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 have to be we have to be realistic and and not demonize you know um, it's a balance not demonize the ego too much because it does give us fuel to get to where we want to be and I'm coming from the, at this from a very personal perspective because I do not enjoy the feedback I get sometimes of some of the things I've thought said and done that have been driven by like an ego right uh, and I kind of think to myself oh my gosh why did I do that but ultimately i'm only human and i think it's totally okay as long as your intentions are pure and as long as you're you know you want to be the best version of yourself um you can work with that yeah you know it it's interesting because you you make me think about something when you're talking about ego and you know if somebody else calls you out for something that you did and sometimes i think that we can have the best of intentions, right? And we're working so hard to be better for ourselves or help others. And somebody could be still trying to bring us down. I mean, that happens to everybody. There's, I mean, Oprah Winfrey has haters. Like there's not a single person that's like not going to have somebody against them, you know? But when it comes to, to people knocking down your ego, right? And saying, you know, that you're full of yourself or whatever, I think a majority of the time that person, it's an internal thing that they're struggling with and it has nothing to do with it's you. It's a projection. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. They're they're projecting what is it they're struggling with on you. You're working out every day. You're posting your gym selfie and they're making fun of you or talking about you. They're probably upset that they can't get that motivation and dedication that you have, right? They want to be doing that at the gym, but they can't. They don't. And they're pissed off that you're doing what they, they want to be doing. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. It's kind of like a, let's pull you back a little bit. So I don't look, so I don't feel as bad that I'm further away, that I'm further away from where I really want to be. You know what? I'm going to admit something to you. I also feel that way sometimes. And, and, and I'm not ashamed to admit that because it's, it's a way for me to confront what there is still within me that needs work on. I can see someone and most of the time I'm like, yeah, I'm your cheerleader. But there's sometimes I notice that I get jealous and it's a reminder that I'm not doing the things that I know that I should be doing or acting in the ways that I know I should be acting because I'm looking at this person and they are where I want to be or they're experiencing what I want to experience. I mean, 
there's no way I can know that for sure. It's a very superficial uh, experience, but like, it just shows me, you know, there's still work that I have to do on myself. And this is a journey, just like your brand is, you got this journey, right? I mean, it's all a journey. I take pride in recognizing that because now I can be vulnerable. Now I can be open and I can communicate the truth. When we look at Instagram and when we look at Facebook, right, what we're seeing mostly is a lie. We're seeing the best possible Photoshop that most of the time it's just a filter, right? That comes with the platform. The platform's like, hey, you want to lie about your life? Here's a set of tools to do it. <laughs> I've just realized that now. It's like, it's like we want to encourage you to be as fake as possible. So um, yeah, we're living in a time where most of the stuff we consume now is actually not realistic. And it's so tough to remind ourselves about that and recognize that, oh my God, life isn't really like this. Why yeah. doesn't it add up? I know. Oh my God. I have the craziest story about this. So I I post on my Instagram page reels and stories, and I'm constantly showing my face to connect with my audience. And every week I ask my podcast listeners to send in questions that I'll answer on the podcast. And it could be about like me, anxiety, business, like literally anything. And somebody wrote to me once, they said, oh my gosh, your skin is always so flawless. Can you please share your skin routine? And I saw that and I felt like I felt like really guilty and like crap about myself because that was like the best Instagram filter. I can't do my face like that. So I whipped out my phone after the gym. I pointed out like every piece of dry skin and pimples and I was like, this is my skin. <laughs> I don't think that you can achieve that. And it, it was like really eye-opening to me that like so many people, like we don't even realize it. There's people comparing to us, we're comparing to others. And so I had to just like nip it in, in the bud because I was like, oh, oh my gosh, I don't want people thinking that I have perfect skin. Like I do not. <laughs> You're like, why don't you recognize the S3 filter? Don't have, Where have you been? <laughs> have you been under a rock all this time? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's scary. I think I was using TikTok and re for the first time when I loaded up TikTok, I looked great. And I thought to myself, hang on, I didn't even set any filters yet. So they automatically put a filter on as standard and you have to go in the settings to remove it. So we are really, um, I, I feel like we're in, in a very unfortunate situation where um, we are actively, constantly having to remind ourselves that this is not real. This is not real. And that's tough. That's extra work to do every day. I mean, come on. We didn't need to do that once upon a time. We were craving filters at one point. We were like, hell, if we could have a filter right now, it would make my life so much better because I can't stand looking at you. <laughs> but now we've got too much of it and I feel like we have to take it back a bit. But yeah, that's just the world we live in. I know. I know. It, it's so crazy. Like sometimes I think social media is so good, but then I think social media is so bad. Like the good part of it is that we can connect with people like we've never met before, find that community, like I said before. And um, I also think it, it's like we can market better than we ever were able to in the past. Like for businesses, you have free, easy tools right at your hands, right? But the negative of it is like there's just constant self-comparison. And, and a lot of people too, I think are living in a lie too. It's not even that like it's just the people viewing, but the people are putting out this facade of like, here's my perfect life. Here's my perfect relationship. And you know, all these different filters and features. And then when they're not on there, they're miserable. And so it's so interesting. Like I do see good parts of social media, but then I'm like, there's some really bad parts too. 
Yeah. And this whole thing, remember, is an addiction. This whole platform, these all of these major tech platforms like Facebook and it, they have become a an addiction machine. They're a drug now uh, because it's actually statistically proven or, you know, I guess you could say clinically proven that when you use social media for a certain amount of time, you're ac- it's actually like taking a drug. And when you remove it, you get withdrawal symptoms. So where every time we get a notification, um, right, or some kind of alert, uh, or even if it's a type of comment or a type of reaction, we get a little bit of dopamine released. And that dopamine hit is kind of similar to what you would get if you were taking some substance that's not potentially legal, right? So, yeah, these are incredibly manipulative platforms that haven't been regulated yet as an actual substance abuse thing. Um, and and so, but so how do you deal with that? We're, we're talking essentially about like, so we've gone from discipline and passion and recognizing that there are a lot of challenges and obstacles in the way that are really tough to deal with. How do you set habits that are good for you like and your clients? Because it is essentially getting into a routine and, and keeping yourself disciplined enough to become, to have that habit, right? Well, it all depends on, on the type of person. Like I'm somebody where in order for me to stay on track with my goals and my routine, I have to plan out everything. And I mean, I'm planning out like the time frame that I'm doing social engagement to the time that I'm walking my dog to the time that I'm like sitting down and watching TV. And I know that to some people that's like, girl, it must be chill. so fun. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Everyone's like, that sounds crazy. But like, I need to because otherwise I get I get lost and I'll be on social media for far too long or I'll be focusing on something too long and I didn't, you know, spend time with the people around me. Like I I have to be that disciplined with myself. But for some people, that's not going to work. Some people might feel like a prisoner to like this structure and this routine. And that's really not benefiting you at all because now you're just, you're resentful towards this like journey that you're on. You're not enjoying it. You're not liking it. So I think it really is defining because for everybody, it's going to be different. Like some people, if it's anxieties and it's something with your, you know, mindset where you need to introduce more positivity into your life, then I'll go through, you know, morning routine and how we can introduce that into your life. But if it's something where you need a career change right now and we're identifying, you know, the steps for that, that could be a totally different process. So to answer your question, it really is figuring out like what the exact struggle is. And then from there, okay, what's your current schedule? Like what's your current life and how can we slowly take those steps to introduce it to where this is going to start benefiting you and you're not going to feel like, oh, this is really just like taking out time of my life and I'm not enjoying this at all. <laughs> mm, yeah. And you could kind of make a, a kind of an, an, a connection there between working out and how to work out in a way that's sustainable and progressive and, and, and like kind of get a new habit with such as going to bed at the right time every night. I mean, um, or eating the right kind of things. I, I noticed recently that the more that I try to personally, all right, the more that I try to block in time and stick to it every day, uh, the, the less success I'm going to have because the kind of person that I am very creative and fiery in my emotions and my and I just work better spontaneously so I have to work with what it is that makes me um 
excel and i think we're all different in that respect but if i was and i have to create a new habit i would want to do it progressively start small and then kind of work my way up to it and it's just like going to the gym you don't want to overdo it so many people overdo it on the first time and they're like i don't want to do this anymore yeah and i think like that happens to a lot of people i mean i know for myself Prior to the pandemic, I was somebody who would work out and be so strict for like a week or two, and then I'd fall off for like two months. And I'm like, what the heck? Why can't I get in a routine? And it really was because mainly number one was I didn't have my why. Like it was such superficial reasoning that like it was easy for me to go, nah, not going to go today. Who cares? But also I didn't know what exercise felt good for me. And there's so many different types of exercise out there that everybody can be doing. Like you don't have to run on the treadmill for an hour and then do a core workout, which is pretty much all I was doing. Right. You have to find what are you going to, to enjoy and have fun doing that workout to where you want to go do it every day. Like some people love kickboxing. I hate kickboxing classes, but Hey, that's not for me. It's for somebody else, you know? <laughs> yes. I totally agree with you. I could never do CrossFit. I've tried it before. I detest CrossFit. I'm the kind of person who likes to kind of take their time with working out, you know, and if I want to be intensive, okay, I'll be intensive, but I'm not going to force myself to, to, to almost die, which is basically CrossFit for me. That's how I think of CrossFit. Uh, but there's people out there who need CrossFit because they're like, it's not, it's not working for me. I can't, I don't want to just blaze around in the gym and take my time. I want to kill myself every day because I feel good about it. So I get it. And I think the message really here is work with your strengths but as long as you know what you're do, why you're doing what you want to do and what your goals are, then I think it doesn't matter how you get there as long as you get there. And, and we're all different people and we all have different, um, different character traits. So, you know, there's a, there's a different path for everyone. It shouldn't be the same for everyone. Yeah. And it's so interesting because I'm actually a part of this 100 day challenge with three other coaches and the, the four of us got together to help people finish out 2021 moving their body every single day and finally feeling good about themselves. But the thing that's so special about it is that the movement is different for everybody and it's really shifting the mindset to realize the different ways we can move our bodies. So, you know, it could simply be going for a walk or while you're waiting for your soup to heat up in the microwave, you do squats. I mean, it could be anything, you know what I mean? Like you get creative, but you also learn to acknowledge what is movement, right? It doesn't always have to be that crazy workout at the gym. It could be just finding time in your house to just move your body a bit more than you were before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a diary that I write in every day that kind of reminds me about all these things. Now there's so much that I guess the average person needs to remember every day that it's almost impossible to to, to, to consciously do that, you, you have to you know, rely on your automation to be able to do everything that needs to be done every day. But what you can do, I think, is, is really put down on paper the most important things to you at that specific time in your life, which is why I like mantras and affirmations so much, because you can tailor the affirmation to you. So you can only mention the things that are the most important to remember. I am focused and resourceful, right? Or I am powerful and whatever, whatever it is that you want to kind of encourage out of you. What are your thoughts about that? 
So it's it's something that's very new to me this past year when I started this or past two years, I guess, when I started this journey was I started introducing um, visualizations after my meditation in the morning and then affirmations to support the visualization of what I want in my life. And I'm at this very freaky time in my life, I'm going to call it right now, where all of the affirmations I was saying back in March have come true. And it's like, I kind of get like chills when I talk about it because when I first started doing them, I kind of was one of those people like, how is this going to work? Like I'm putting words out <laughs> into the into the air. Like there's nobody around me. There's nothing. I'm just saying these words out loud. I didn't really see how an affirmation can work. But after you know committing to them and dedicating to doing them every day and now seeing the results, it's like, holy moly, these people were not kidding. This works. And now it's something that I help clients with. And I tell everybody, you have to start using affirmations. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, we're not neuroscientists. I don't think I'm not for sure. I know that. What do you think is going on when we say these things every day? And when it actually works, what do you think is actually happening there in the background? Well, you know what it is, is I think everyone thinks affirmations is like we're putting magic out into the world. You know, like we're like saying these like, I don't know, spells that are going to come true. And it boils down to it's simply just positive self-talk. That's what an affirmation is. It's just positive self-talk where you're giving yourself love and you're you're putting that belief that your dreams are not just dreams. They're going to come true. That's your reality. It's going to happen. So it establishes this confidence within you to where now throughout the day where maybe you want to take those small steps to get to that big goal, you've affirmed that's going to come true. And so you can take these small steps, right? You feel good. You know you're getting to that next place. So I think it's this this confidence that we're creating. And, and again, removing negativity because we're finding more opportunities to speak positively to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think you're right. And for me, and, and even though I still have a lot of work to do when it comes to these kinds of things, but I have noticed that by saying it every day, it's like you're adjusting the balance of self-talk because a lot of my self-talk is negative. And so the more that I allow that negative self-talk to thrive within me, the less control I have over my life, the more I kind of trick myself into being insecure or not enough or you know a failure and that's i think what's what's happening is it's it's kind of pushing that balance back to the point where now the majority of your thoughts are actually aligned with who you want to be and where you want to be so very powerful stuff and the reason why i asked you about that is because like you said a lot of people think it's woo woo and it's never really discussed in a way that makes sense to logical people but that's really i think what's happening in the background so you know if you're logical you probably could see the logic in that. And maybe now it makes more sense for you. Well, and you know, something too, is that I think that a lot of people don't realize how much we're negatively speaking to ourselves throughout the day. Like it's so like out of sight, out of mind, we don't realize it. So something that I actually tell my clients to do when it comes to establishing like what's lacking in their life and what's not going right is I tell them, you know, have a journal with a you know, pen with you. And throughout the day, when you feel that negative self-talk come up of like, I can never do that. That was so stupid. You know, I'm, I'm so embarrassed right now, whatever it may be, write down the negative thing that you just said to yourself. And what happened that prompted that negativity, right? Like what made you get to that point? And I think it's something that we have to do to really realize like when we're being negative, because so many people don't even realize like a majority of the day you're being so mean to yourself. 
Yes, yes. And that's why in many diaries, not mine specifically, although mine does kind of ask that question in a roundabout way. In many diaries, there are kind of like these, well, what did you, what were your average uh, emotions during the day on a scale from like positive to negative, like, and those kinds of questions. And when you fill in those questions genuinely, you can see a pattern over time of like, oh my God, I'm actually pretty negative as a person or these are the recurring thoughts that I've had. So I find, although I don't do a journal every single day, because like I said before, I'm pretty kind of a spontaneous person. Um, Mm -hmm. I find that when I do do the journal, the insights are huge. Like I really find out a lot about me and how far I've progressed or how far I haven't progressed since the last time that I actually did it. Yeah, it's something that happened to me the other day. I was journaling because I'm studying right now to become a certified personal trainer. And for some reason, I'm getting so negative every time I open up the textbook. Like I'm sitting there like, I don't want to do this. I hate science. Like I had no idea how much biology this was. and I just can't do it. And so I decided to go to journaling because I was like, what is happening right now? Like, why am I coming into this with such a bad attitude and what's going on? And so I started to write, and this is something with journaling too, is like, I think it's the same as the why it can get very surface level where at first you go, okay, I don't want to say today. And then you shut the book. No, like figure out why, what's going on. And for me, I had this moment, this aha moment of, wait a minute, like you, you're getting everything that you've been manifesting and affirming to the universe and it's all coming to you and you're resisting it. Like, why is this resistance coming up? And I think there was like this bit of like fear in can I really handle everything that I've been asking for? And it's just something that I would not have come to the conclusion of had I not gone to journaling and figured it out myself. So yeah, it really does help a lot. Mm. Yeah. I mean, if you've got lofty ambitions like you and I, and uh, what I've noticed is my fear is what if I'm, what if I get what I want and all of a sudden I'm responsible for everyone else that's now somehow, you know, cause my, my, one of my main ambitions is to help people and teach people, which is one of the reasons why I do this. And if I finally get to the point where maybe I'm, you know, very popular on social and I got a lot of people commenting and asking what happens if I don't feel like doing it anymore one day, like what then? And that's a fear that I have. And it's kind of like a strange fear to have because you're not even there yet. You know, and um, hell, if I didn't want to do it anymore, I'd probably find something else to do. I don't think it would be a tragedy, but we kind of, we hold onto these things as a way, as, it's almost like a backdoor defense mechanism to keeping your bubble the way it is right now so that you're comfortable and you know what to expect and you don't have to change, right? Yeah, it really, really is. It's us going, oh shit, do I want to go there? Can, can I handle this? Eh, let me stay back here. This corner, I've been there for a while. It's, it's a good place to be. <laughs> yeah. and it, yeah. So personal growth is one of the major things that humans need, uh, especially today. So we have to fight that uh, uh, by any means. Um, but what do you think about the law of attraction? I think, well, I think this is a, it's always something that people talk about in the realm of personal development and personal growth. What are your thoughts about, I mean, you've seemed to have been attracting it, but there's a, uh, maybe a, uh, rhyme to the, well, <laughs> I don't even remember what the expression is. Maybe there's some, uh, method to the madness is what I wanted to say. 
Oh, it's something that I need to to learn more about. I was in a clubhouse room, um, and there was this guy giving a a full conversation on it, and he was talking about like how um, the vibrations and frequencies that we're giving off. It's like uh, things that are high frequency versus low frequency, and I was just like, oh my gosh, like there's so much more to this that I don't even know about. And I even had this woman come on to, to my podcast and she talked all about the cosmic love connection and how, how we attract our soulmates throughout the different parts of our, she talks about different lives, like people from past lives for future lives. And it was very interesting, but, um, it goes so much deeper than I ever realized, but it, to me, totally makes sense. I mean, I think you attract the people around you. It's, it's one of those things where I think a lot of people, it's like, why do I always end up dating these jerks? Or why do I, you know, always get these jobs that I hate? Well, why do you always like, don't, maybe it's you like, (laughs) I hate to be that way, but it's true. (laughs) Totally agree. Being someone who uh, covers a lot of relationship related material, um, and also having dated quite a lot, you know, um, while I was single over the last couple of years, I, I recognized how much of a, an invisible, uh, you know, uh, phenomena that could be to people, right? It, they are oblivious to the fact that they're putting out this message, uh, which is subconscious, by the way. Um, I'm not going to name names, but recently I dated a, a, a lady who, well, to me seemed very much uh, unhappy and also wanted to have a relationship. But the vibe that she was putting out was not the kind of vibe that I think chimes with people who are looking for relationship uh, material. It was more of a kind of like a happy-go-lucky vibe and I feel like people get tricked into certain habits. They, they, they learn it from other people. They learn it from popular culture. And we know that popular culture is not a great indicator of what reality actually is. And so, you know, um, I agree with you. A lot of what we attract in life is a subconscious level thing. And therefore, the tools we need to actually change our direction are things that we maybe haven't thought about that much before or don't fully understand. And and if we are honest with ourselves, we don't really know what this is all about. And science is great, but there's a lot of things that it can't explain. So it just stands to reason that there's a whole wide, vast expanse of just unknown, you know, phenomena that we're maybe learning about or don't even know about yet. And so that's why I feel like this is a great topic because um, anything spiritual, anything in the realm of kind of attraction, uh, wavelengths, um, frequencies, I truly believe in, although I don't know how to explain it. I think it's just one of those things that you have to experience. Yeah, that's how I feel too. Like I can't explain it. I don't know enough about it, but like I fully, fully believe in it. And it kind of brings me back to, you know, whenever you hear of people who, you know, they found their soulmate, whether it be like their significant other, their friendships or whoever, they never were looking for them, right? The person just appeared in their life. Like it was like, you know, I wasn't looking for a relationship and now all of a sudden this person's here. Well, why do you think that happened, right? It wasn't being forced. It was being attracted and and then it happened and they came into your life for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. When, like when you, the student is ready, the teacher appears kind of thing, you know, you, you can't, 
you can't get or accept what it is that you need until you're ready to accept it. Um, I totally agree. What are the three things that you could perhaps, you know, if someone came to you and they were just starting out and they were saying, okay, I'm, I'm not happy with my situation. Um, I want to be the best version of myself. What are the first three things that you would kind of recommend they look at in order to start that journey towards being the best version of themselves? Yeah. So I think number one, what's most important is kind of what I said before with finding throughout the day, what negativity you're allowing in your life, right? That negative self-talk and where you're not feeling your best and it's clearly affecting you. So write that down in a journal and then what you can do to counteract that and really make the shift is you can change that negative into a positive, right? For example, if it's somebody who said they, I don't know, if they're calling themselves fat or ugly and they don't like the way that they look right now, you can change it into my body is strong and it's gotten me through so much to the point that I'm at now and it's going to get me to where I want to be, right? It's a positive. It's not, it's not, you're not BSing yourself saying like, I have the perfect body and I'm so happy with where I am because, because your brain's going to go, no, you're not. You just told yourself you don't like where you are. So change it to something that's believable. Like, I'm strong and my body's gotten me to where I am today. It's going to get me to that next place too. My body can handle anything that comes its way. You know, like That's something- an interesting thing to, to, to touch on because maybe people think mantras are all about saying, I have an amazing body right now, right? And, and, and I, I, yeah, I've never agreed with that. I've actually, <laughs> it's like a posit- false positivity, right? Yeah. Your, your brain's going to go, that's BS. Like, I know you don't mean this and I know you don't believe this. And so you're never really going to have the full effect of mantras and affirmations because you're going to go, wait, what? Like, what's going on? So you have to make it something that's that's believable. You know, it's like if somebody said they want to be a millionaire, you're not going to say, I am a mil- millionaire because you're going to go, wait, I still have my car payment and <laughs> my phone bill. I'm not a millionaire. That's one of the reasons why I never really liked watching the movie called The Secret. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's what kind of kickstarted this massive movement of the law of attraction is this movie called The Secret. I think it was a book first, and then it got turned into a, a documentary movie where they interviewed all these people, these practitioners of the law of attraction. And many of the people on there, and I don't know if it's working for them or not, but if it is, all the power to them. But they're basically saying the more you say something, the more you get it. So if you want to get rich... If you want to have more money, you just have to tell yourself that you're going to get a check in the mail every week. And I was like, okay, this is not, this can't be true. And he was saying, and I got a check in the mail every week. And I was like, this smells really bad right now. You know, who's going to sit at home and say, I'm going to get a check in the mail every day. I mean, it's almost like you're, 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 it's almost like you're hurting someone's ability to move forward and actually make that money for themselves because there's effort involved and in action, right? I mean, it's a the law of attraction to me is I, I I I need to I need to know exactly what I want, and then I'll be able to take the steps to get there. Yeah, It'll be well, easier. And I think that that some people those big mantras work for, but for me they never do. And for anybody I've worked with, it never works for them either because they go, I know that none of this is true. What I'm saying. But I think if it's those small steps of like, instead of saying, you know, I am a millionaire, it could, you could say that that dream's not far away. You know, I'm going to be making much more money than I did last week. Every week I'm going to improve. It's those small steps of, 
am I a millionaire yet? No, but there's a ton of small steps that are helping me get there. There's a crazy uh, Jim Carrey um, talk show segment, and it's basically him talking to, I think it might be Oprah, about how he was a struggling like actor. And he said to himself, in on at this date on this year i'm gonna make a million dollars and it literally happened for him apparently he said and uh but you know it, it again it comes back to well that's that's the kind of approach that i think works because it's it's something you can work towards it's not something you're trying to trick yourself into be, being reality when it's not anyway sorry i don't want to derail you from from the, the three the three things you were talking about no i i know the exact speech that you're talking about and i i love that and and i think that's kind of what he did though right like he knew that on that day he would make a million dollars or whatever it was but until that day he had to book gigs and he had to take so many steps to get there so he kind of was doing like exactly what you and i are talking about but um so I think if you if you change the the negative that you're saying every day to a positive and I tell people like overwhelm yourself with that affirmation like set up like three alarms on your iPhone to go off throughout the day that have that as the text right that affirmation that's going to remind you post it notes on your mirror I mean anything that's going to be that visual that's going to kick your brain to go remember this you've got to think of this you have to remind yourself of all these things that we're trying to work on right now so the first thing would be to actively change the self-talk that you're doing. And so journaling it and changing the way, you know, that you're speaking to yourself every day and and commit to it. Um, the two other things I would say is to find time, really find time to, to just start meditating. And meditation can be so many different ways for people. You don't have to sit in complete silence with your thoughts. I mean, there's podcasts, there's apps that give you, you know, storylines and visuals to help you get there. Or there's movement meditation where you don't have to sit still if you're a fidgety person and you need to like have your body moving so that you can focus. Like there's so many different things, but I think it helps us to release negativity and, and clear out our mind for when that journaling comes or, or, you know, those ambitions and those goals that we want to set, it really helps you be much more clear in your intentions with them. Um, and then the, the third thing I would say is to make sure that you find time for movement every single day. I mean, movement without technology, movement without anything, like getting fresh air, getting grounded and, and grounding yourself being, you know, in that movement, remembering all that you have to be grateful for. I think gratitude is, so important. And if you want to find more positivity, like I always write in my journal every day, five things that I'm grateful for. And it's five things that nothing could be taken from me. They're not materialistic. It's not like I would never say I'm grateful for my Apple watch. You know what I mean? Like there are things that I actually am grateful for. Like I'm grateful that I opened my eyes this morning. Like how often do we just appreciate that small gift that we get? You know what I mean? But I think that was four tips I gave you. So I threw no, in that extra gratitude one. stuff. <laughs> you, you know, something just briefly, I, I just want to say movement is so underrated and it's not even physical movement that I'm talking about. It's also, you know, like if you think of all the great memory experts talk about saying a story or putting it in context so that you can actually link it to something. And that context is always something that's moving because it's, it's something, it's a story you're telling yourself. And the more complex the thing you need to remember, the more complex the story is, uh, right? I'll just give you an example. Like I walked into a house and in the living room, there's two chairs 
And then I went into the living, uh, and then I went into the dining room, and there's like one table. It's like a way of remembering sequences of numbers. And that's movement, and that's why it's important. Now, if you're trying to build a new habit, I feel like pairing it with that movement, right? That physical movement of just like, I got to do this routine. This is the routine I got to go through. Um, it's going to be so much more effective than not having the routine in the first place. Mm-hmm. Well, so I, I, yeah. yeah, no, I was just going to say, I think like a lot of people too, they, they know they want to start something and they like try one thing one day and maybe another thing another day, and then it completely falls apart. So that routine helps you to like really give it a shot, you know, and see if you like it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, I, I have had an amazing conversation with you. I think it's been awesome to finally get you on the show. Um, thank you for coming on. Is there anything that you want to share? Like, I think you're, you're, you've got like a, 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 a coaching and you have a newsletter that people can kind of sign up to. Yeah. Yeah. So first of all, thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. And you are such a good host. This was like such an easy conversation. I absolutely loved it. Um, yeah, yeah, no, of course. So yeah, if people go to my Instagram page, it's you got this underscore the journey, they could see the link for everything in there. But um, my website, shannonandrus.com, you can sign up for a free consultation call for my mindset coaching program, because I don't want anybody to feel like they have to make a huge commitment to something they've never done before. So it's just a free call to go over what it's like, your struggles, your goals, and really see what the actual um, plan would be and you know which program would work best. Because I do one-off sessions or a 90-day lifestyle change program, and it's different for everybody's journey. So you can definitely sign up through there. And then also my newsletter is on there with podcast updates, um, mindset coaching tips and tricks, blog posts, affirmations, and just tons of things to help everybody on their journey. So yeah, can't wait to connect with everyone. Yeah. And speaking of which, how do they connect with you on social? Uh, Instagram, it's you got this underscore the journey. And that's pretty much the only place that I am right now. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, keeping it simple. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, thanks a lot for coming on, Shannon. Really appreciate it. And hopefully in the future, we'll, we'll talk again. Yeah, thank you. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe today and you won't miss the next episode. We cover topics like recovering from infidelity, online dating, managing chronic anxiety, and so much more. We're on all the popular platforms, so take your pick and we'll see you soon.